as you can tell, I've already used it today, but I, it is a whiteboard Sunday. And more than likely, as we go for, farther, uh, further, further, farther, we go further into all this, our second and fourth Sundays are going to be mostly uh, teaching heavy. Um, and uh, that's on, on purpose. It's intentional because, again, the purpose of this broadcast is not only to everybody that's watching, but also to be a companion piece to our small groups so they can take this and move into a small group setting and further the ministry of what happens here. But uh, I want to talk to you this morning as the Lord leads. I don't want to talk to you. I hope that Jesus wants to talk to us this morning. Um, but I want to share with you some things. Um, and it really springs out of something I shared with our leaders on Thursday night. We had a leadership meeting on Thursday night. All of our all of our group leaders, all of our uh, all of our leaders from all across Antioch West met Thursday night, and I shared this with them. I'm taking that same concept. We might get into a little bit. Those of you that were there on Thursday night, I might be a little redundant with some stuff, but I want to take it from a little different perspective. By the way, Esteban, I, if you're watching, I told you I had this shirt. So last week, Esteban wore this shirt, and I didn't wear mine, and I almost wore mine last week. So he wore his, and I didn't wear mine. So Esteban, I had to get this this morning out of my closet so that you know I was telling the truth, plus yeah, so that I could match with you last week. Anyways... Um, I want to tell you about a, a, a biblical concept here that uh, maybe will help you understand a little bit more how you operate as a human being, but also we're going to take that same principle and we're going to move it into how we operate within the body of Christ. Five scriptures I want to bring to you today um, as sort of to build this foundation. I'm going to write them here because I think they're important for you to go back later and read them, but we're going to go first uh, Thessalonians uh, we're going to go 5.23, and we're going to use Matthew, uh, let's see, we're going to be 10.28, and we're going to use uh, good old Ecclesiastes uh, 12.7, and we'll use Hebrews uh, 4.12, I believe, yep, 4.12. And we're going to use um, Genesis 2-7. Now, we're all over the map here today. As you can tell, we've got uh, an epistle. We have got uh, the book of Hebrews. We've got the beginning with Genesis. We've got a gospel in there. And then we've got a good book right there in the middle of the Old Testament. Now, I, I use these verses because they're form, forming the foundation of what I want to share with you today, but it's also a, a, a principle just to stop for a moment and um, share with you a principle that I believe is pivotal, foundational for true biblical interpretation. Because anyone can interpret the Bible. Anybody can sit down and read the Bible and interpret it. But how do you interpret the Bible correctly? I believe there are principles within the Bible itself that give us how we are to interpret the Bible. The Bible will interpret itself, but the Bible actually gives guidelines of interpretation. Now, I'm, I'm getting off in the weeds here, but this is huge. This is just as important what we're going to share with you this morning. But this is major because this, is, this, this goes across all denominations, all backgrounds of theology. To me, this is pivotal to all of that. There are two types of verses. There are verses that are, uh, and how can we say this? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to use theological terms. So let's say there are verses that are open to personal interpretation, and then there are some verses that are doctrinal interpretations. What I mean by that? What I mean by that is there are some verses in the Bible that are standalone, and those verses are are left up a lot of times to personal interpretation. For example, there may be a verse in the Bible that you see one way and I see differently. And in reality, we may be both right based off how God is revealing that verse in our life at the time. Because that verse stands alone, so you might see it one way, I might see it another way. And because of that, um, you're right and I'm right. But then there are some verses, some concepts that are Doctrinal. What I mean, what do I mean by doctrinal? I mean they are they 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 rise above personal interpretation. For example, a personal interpretation, you see a verse one way, I see it differently. And 
I don't live by the way you see it. You don't live by the way I see it. Guess what? It's not going to cause us to be lost. Right? But there are some verses in Scripture, some concepts in Scripture that are doctrinal. When I mean doctrinal, what do I mean by that? I mean that they are they are heaven and hell type scriptures. And I don't use that language lightly. I don't use that language derogatory. I'm meaning they're heaven and hell. Meaning if you don't live by these verses or you don't believe these verses, it's not just, oh, well, you see it differently and I see it differently. I believe it is a matter of personal salvation that how you see these verses. Now, how do we take a verse from one and it get ele gets elevated to that level? What's the... What is the criteria for elevating a verse or a concept from personal interpretation to doctrinal interpretation? Now, some argue, well, all the Bible is doctrinal. All the Bible is, is needs correct interpretation. Well, here's the problem with that. The Bible says that out of uh, two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Now, that was given to us in Deuteronomy. It's repeated to us again in uh, the Gospels with Jesus, and it's also echoed again by Paul later in his writings in the New Testament. Now, bear with me here. I'm going somewhere. This is important for us to even understand what we're doing here today. So there are three instances more, but Deuteronomy gives us the principle out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. So we need two or three witnesses. Jesus backs that up, and then Paul echoes it again. So again, we see three different places where the concept of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Now, why is that important? Because I believe that if something is doctrinal, it needs to have three witnesses. What do I mean by witnesses? I mean, it needs to have three separate places in scripture that validate or confirm or concur the concept and the exact same interpretation. For example, let's use blood and baptism as forgiveness of sins. Why is that important? Well, let's go back. Genesis chapter 3. Man sins. What does God do? He sheds, he kills the innocent animal. He covers them with um, robes of righteousness or innocence. Animal skins, right? That's reference number one. Then we go throughout scripture. We find several other places where we're talking about the cleansing and washing. We see that in the tabernacle. We don't have time to go through all the scripture, but in the tabernacle, we see the, the cleansing, the washing. And then later on, the Bible says in the, in the New Testament that when we are buried with Christ, we put on Christ. And what is burying with Christ? That's baptism. When we're baptized in his name, he washes and cleanses us. So we're starting to see different places and concepts. So Peter says on the day of Pentecost, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Well, do you need to be baptized to have your sins forgiven? Because a lot of places now say, well, your sin is forgiven. Ooh, I'm getting deep into it. Hold on a second. Uh, people say now your sins are forgiven at confession, and baptism is just simply an outward expression to the world of your inward belief. The problem with that is, is that baptism is the only place we can find in Scripture there that washing away and forgiving of our sins. Peter says we are our sins are cleansed. In the Old Testament, we find that there was a thing called a mikvah. A mikvah is a baptismal area that you would walk in and you would wash, ritually wash. You didn't get ritually clean because you confessed, I am unclean. For example, a woman, after her monthly cycle, would have to go through a mikvah to get uh, ceremonial, ceremonial clean. She was unclean. She had to go through and get clean. She didn't confess that with her mouth. She didn't say, well, I am clean. There had to be an action that went with that that cleansed her. So when we get into the New Testament, and some will use the, the, the epistle of John, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all iniquity. And unrighteousness, the problem with that is it's written to those who had already been through the initial process. John was simply saying every time you sin, after you've been baptized, you don't have to go get rebaptized because in the Jewish world prior to that, whoo, we're getting deep, hold on. In the Jewish world prior to that, if you sinned or you had, were unclean, you had to go back through the process of the mikvah. So they, would keep, they were constantly going through a ceremonial cleansing, but 
John said, in Jesus' world, when he washes you the first time, you don't have to go back and get baptized every time. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of the sins, just like he forgave you the first time. But Peter on Acts chapter 2 tells us that if we want our sins forgiven, we've got to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. How do I know that is doctrine? Because we see it in multiple places in multiple concepts. For example, Jesus in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is now resurrected. He is now a, 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 a glorified body. He's talking his, to his disciples. And in Luke chapter 24, he's giving them some final instructions. And he makes this statement. He said, you have, heard, you have read of me. And he gives three different things. He read of me in the in the in the the, uh, the the in the law, which is the first five books: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books of the Bible, what we call the law. So Jesus says, "You've heard of me in the law," and then He said, "You've heard of me in the prophets, and you've heard of me in the Psalms." So there's three different categories. I don't have time to do this, but the Hebraic Bible is really categorized in three different categories. You've got the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. Jesus went to all three of those witnesses to say, I am who I am because there are three witnesses established. Later on, even Paul used this same um, concept in the end of his second letter to the Corinthians, where Paul says to the Corinthians in the second letter, he goes, uh, you've heard of me, I've, I've come to you, and now I'm writing to you two times. This is the third witness. Out of the mouth of three witnesses, let the word be established. So Paul was saying, I've now sent this stuff to you three times. Now, why is this important? Because the concept we're talking about here today is not just a side concept. We find it in one, two, three, four, five, and there are more. I don't have time to go through all of them. There are tons more. I think I could get probably 10 or 12 easy. Five different witnesses to establish this concept. That's why this is important. So let's go. What is that concept? Let's look at it real quick. So let's go to the first one. And I'm going to be reading out of um, uh, the ESV. It's become one of my new translations I really enjoy. It's called the English Standard Version. So let's go out of the uh, English Standard Version. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Now you're going to be sanctified completely. How are you sanctified completely? Here we go. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's three things Paul introduces to us there in Thessalonians. He gives us your whole spirit, your whole uh, soul, and your whole body. Now, that's Paul's interpretation. Why is that important? Let's go back and look what Jesus said. Matthew 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him that can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, Jesus is telling us here there's, there's body and soul. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7 says, And the dust returns to the earth as it was. The spirit returns to God who gave it. So Jesus is saying there's body and soul. Ecclesiastes is saying there's this body of dust and spirit. Now we're starting to get a concept here that's echoing 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than two into edges sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Soul, spirit. What are joints and marrow? That's your body. Soul, spirit, and body. And the discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And finally, Genesis 2.7 uh, 2, says, Then the Lord God formed Man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man become a living creature. Look at that right there. He formed man out of dust. What is that? Body. He breathed, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of, breath of life. What is that? That's spirit. And what was the third part? He became a living creature. What does that living creature mean? He became a soul. He became a soul. Now, what in the world does this have to do with anything today? Because you're totally lost me today. Let's go to this. So we got three components here, three different parts we're talking about. Body, soul, and spirit. Why is this important to you and I today? What does this have to do with you and I sitting here on May 22nd, 2022, 
living in this life we're living in, trying to navigate all of this, trying to figure out just sometimes how to make it from one day to the next. What in the world does this have to do with anything? Well, the point is, is that according to scripture, these three, these three are one. Now, you're not three separate beings. You're one being, but you have three components. But in reality here, here's the, here is the, here's the, 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 uh, the reality of it. If we go here and we put, let's put a circle in the middle and we'll call that the circle of the soul. Now, your soul is eternal. Right? What does eternal mean? Eternal means it has a beginning but has no ending. Infinite. God is not eternal because God doesn't have a beginning. He doesn't have an ending. Now, we are eternal because we had a beginning and we don't have an ending. So your soul has a start date, but it doesn't have an end date, right? Your soul came to being when body and breath came in. So here's the point. Your soul is going to live or is going to, is going to, um, is going to go and, Two places when you die. And I'll use blue for heaven and red for hell. I guess that's just a good color. Your soul, when you die, has two options for a destination. Heaven or hell. Now, the problem with that is we have two other parts of our being that are in play right now. But when you die, they will no longer be in play. Because the Bible says when you die, it says it right there. Uh, it, we say it right here and uh, and uh, we just read it. Let me get it back here for a second without turning off everything. Uh, Ecclesiastes tells us, and the dust, uh, and the dust, which is your body, returns to earth and your spirit returns to God. Now, you have two other components in your in you right now, two other components, and let's just put them here. We've got spirit. And you have body, right? Stuck in the middle is your soul. Now, here's the thing. This is eternal. But when you die, guess what? Body goes back to dust. <clears throat> Spirit goes back to God. The only thing of you that remains when you die is your soul. That's the thing that's going to be determined. That's the salvation part of you. That's the part that determines where are you going to be? Because this will never go away. It's either an eternity in, in heaven or an eternity in hell. And I'm not here today to, to bring down fire and brimstone of heaven or hell. But the reality of it is there is a heaven and there is a hell. And this part of you is going to spend a, a, uh, um, an eternity in one of these two. Now here's the problem. Your body, it has an expiration date. Just like milk and eggs and bread and everything else, somewhere stamped on you is an expiration date. Because the Bible says it's been on a point, it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. When you're born, God already put an expiration date on you. He doesn't tell you what that is, but there's an expiration date. And 80 or 90 or 100 is maybe not for you. Now, we may, you might live to that, but... There is no such thing as an ex. Well, I'm going to live to 80, 90, 100. There's a lot of people that may, and a lot of your loved ones that thought maybe they'd live to that, didn't reach that. So your body has an expiration date. Your spirit, when, you're, when, you, when your body dies, your soul goes one way or the other, your spirit goes back to God. But now that you're living on earth, here's the point of all this that's important. There is a war raging in you. The Bible talks about it numerous times. There is a war that's happening in you right now. Every day that you live, that you get up, there's a war in you between spirit and flesh. Every day, there's a war between you and spirit and flesh. And the whole point of this war is to pull your soul one way or the other. 
because your body has an expiration date. Your body lives by the terminology that's popular nowadays, YOLO. You only live once, right? Because this only gets one time. So for this part of us, this doesn't matter. This certainly doesn't matter because this is from God. This only has a certain amount of time. So why not live it up? Because over here, this is where we, we deal with emotions. This is our emotional side over here. Our emotions come from over here. This is because it's our body. It's a seat of our emotions. Our emotions are over here. So we're very emotional. And we want to do things over here that help our emotions. So we want to do things that feel good. We want to do things that give us pleasure. Because over here, this, because it has an expiration date, it doesn't really care where this goes. Because in order, because this, this part of you doesn't really matter where this goes. Because unfortunately, when this is gone, it doesn't matter. This is going to live forever, but really over here, your flesh part of you goes, you know what? That's your problem, not my problem. I only have a little bit of time left. I'm going to live it up because my emotion says I want to do what feels good to me. I don't want pain. I don't want problem. I don't want pressure. I want good stuff because, hey, I only have a limited time here. I don't want to do this. You know what, soul? It's yours to deal with when I'm gone because when I'm gone, it's your problem. So you know what? I want to pull you in my direction because you can't unhook these attachments. These, these connection points right here are, 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 uh, are built in. You can't unhook them. Let's just color these in because they're not really um, overlapping. They're really connection points. You can't, you can't unhook them. So you know what? While you're living, your body can't disconnect itself from your soul. Your soul can't connect itself in your body. So guess what? Because your body over here is screaming, going, I only have a little bit of time to live. Feed me. Do what's good for me. Help me. Expand me. Make me good. Flesh, flesh, flesh. Your soul, because it's connected to your body, guess what's going to happen? The more your body and your, and I say body, we can tell flesh, but the more you run yourself and run your life with by this circle, guess what's going to happen? It's going to pull your soul is going to be pulled more in this direction because over here, that's what is running your life. Your body. Your body is in charge. So your body. So and then these guys get thrown in the mix. Oh, wow. It's on, man. It is on. And over here the entire time, your emotions. Let's be honest with you today. When you go in just a little bit, it's 9.48 right now, Eastern Standard Time. So in a couple hours when you go to eat lunch, most of you are going to eat something based off what sounds good and what you think will taste good. Now, you might be on a special diet or you might have some physical problems where you actually have to eat something you don't want because that's what you have to have. But 99% of us today are going to eat what we want. Because that's what we're built to do over here. Because guess what? We have an expiration date. So if every day we miss out on some kind of pleasure or fun or enjoyment or something that makes it feel good, your body's going, I just lost today. I can't get back. What are you doing to me? Don't say no to the dessert aisle. Good God. We only have, a, you know... 6,000 more days for dessert. And every day we miss a dessert tray is another day closer to when I can't eat dessert anymore. That's my body. And my emotions are going, go, 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 go. You know, I get a big crowd of emotions around me and they're cheering on your body. Go, this feels great. Yeah, woo. <laughs> and the whole time, guess what? My soul is being pulled in that direction. Well, the problem with that is, is this, is that you have another part of you over here, spirit. That's the part of you that's given to you by God. And the Bible talks about, I'm going to see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, uh, it's Hebrew. Uh, let's, yeah, let's, uh, 
Uh, let's go to Romans. Let's see if we can find Romans. One second here. Let me pull it up. Um, this is the beauty of having a computer right next to you is because you can pull stuff up as you go. Let's go to Romans 8. That'd be a good place to do it. Let's try verse number... Uh, let me switch translations here for a moment. Um, get to uh, Romans chapter 8. Oh, here we go. Let's do this. Let's do Romans chapter 8. Now let's figure out now. We understand now a little bit about this. This is going to make it. We got to. This is a heaven or hell thing right here. This is going somewhere eternally. It's never going away, right? You're spending eternity, heaven or hell. This part. This part has an expiration date. This part's run by emotions. This part's saying, feed me, feed me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But you have this part over here. This is God breathed, God put in you. Now, this is not the Holy Spirit. At first, it's not the Holy Spirit because the Bible says at death, the Spirit returns back to God who gave it. So every person walking on the face of this earth has Spirit put into them by God. Now, not the Holy Spirit. And here's how we know that. Romans chapter 12, I mean Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, woo, over here, to live according to the flesh. So Paul's saying, we're no longer living according to over here. For if you live according to the flesh, over here, you will die. Guess what? So Paul's saying here, this is Paul. Now, Paul probably didn't have a whiteboard, but Paul didn't really need a whiteboard. Uh, Paul was a walking whiteboard. So Paul says, we are no longer debtors because we don't live after the flesh and according to the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, guess what? You will die. Whoop. Meaning this is the outcome of someone who's going to live under the flesh. You're going to die. You're, you're dead. This is the end of it. Move my, my board here. It's getting a little, little wonky. But if you, if you by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, what in the world is Paul talking about here? Because he's saying basically this. If you live by the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. Now, what is Paul talking about? What is he talking about live and die here? Because, wait a minute. Am I going to die automatically? No, Paul's talking not just a... When Paul's talking about this concept of living and dying, he's not talking about earthly living and dying. He's talking about eternal because hell is death. It's the death that never ends. It's the, it's the never-ending death. Life with Christ and heaven is eternal life. That's why Jesus said, I've come to give you eternal life. This life that never ends. Hell is eternal death. Heaven is eternal life. So Paul's saying, if you... Live according to flesh, you're going to experience eternal death. Not just death here in this life, but in eternal death. But if you put away the deeds of the flesh and you live by the Spirit, you're going to live forever. But here's the point. Let's look at this. If you have your Bible with you, I'm reading again out of the ESV, but this is important. Because if you have your Bible with you, you'll notice that in our first reference here, uh, but if you, by the Spirit, now look at this. That first Spirit we see is capital. Uh, uh, I'm going to rewrite that. The capital S. Anytime you see capital S in Scripture, it's referring to God's Spirit. Holy, the Holy Spirit. So big S, Holy Spirit. Now watch, we're going to keep reading. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, over here, this side of you, we're not there yet, but all of you are led by the big S. Again, big S, are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. For the Spirit, now here we go, ready? This is the verse, verse 16. You need to read this verse. If you don't read it now, go back and read it. For the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So, big S Spirit, Holy Spirit, bears witness with our little S. 
The spirit bears itself with our spirit that we are the children of God. So guess what, man? This is good stuff. You got to get it. You got to get it. You got to get it. So when you're born, before you come to Christ, this is how you are. Mm. So you've got a human spirit put in. You've got spirit, but it's a little spirit. It's your spirit. And guess what? Because it's your spirit and it's put into you with your human spirit. That's why some people you come across, they have strong human spirits because they have a spirit in them. It's placed in them. But when you, before you come to Christ, your body over here is in charge. You're running by your flesh. This thing is huge. This thing is, it feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. But watch what happens. Paul says when you come to Christ, the spirit, boom, bears witness with our spirit, boom. And we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Meaning, not only we suffer with him, meaning and we're going to deal with some stuff in this life so that we can be glorified with him in the next life. Now watch this. Okay? This is what happens to you when you walk, when you, when you, when you receive the spirit of Christ in your life. Right? Because when you are, when you're born, you're born with little s and you're born with body. And you've got this thing called a soul. So guess what? Body strong, emotion strong. You start off as a child. Little kids are run their life by emotions. Man, we navigated yesterday after we, we had some things we had to do um, yesterday morning. And we had to navigate Target with our son, 10 years old. He's an amazing kid. Noah's an awesome. We couldn't be blessed more. Seriously, a uh, our son is a, is amazing. Love him to death. But navigating Target with a 10-year-old is literally, it makes you want to pull your hair out. Because every aisle, he found something he needed. Every place we went in Target, there was something there he had to have. And he didn't understand the concept of why he didn't need 14,000 things. If we would have let him have everything he wanted, by the time we left out, we'd have had three carts full at Target. But we understood he's 10 years old. He's running his life by something. He wanted to do what feels good at him at the time. He, he, that's how he lives, right? We're, we're, when we're kids, we're younger, that's how we live our lives. If you don't believe that, just take your five or six or seven year old to the cereal aisle. Go today to Walmart. Go down the cereal aisle with a 10-year-old or 8-year-old. If you're not careful, you'll walk out with 17 boxes of cereal. Because to them, every cereal is good and every cereal is necessary for their consumption. Because that's how we're living, right? So that's how we're built. We're built that way. But we got this little spirit. But the problem is, before you come to Christ, this thing's really dormant. You don't really know it's there because you're dead. The Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sin, meaning this part's there, but it's dormant. We don't know it's there. But what happens when you come to, come to Christ? You've got this thing called the Holy Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Let's have fun with it for a moment. And I can't draw this off the top. Uh, it might be too hard to draw it. Uh, but really, honestly, let's call it you got the super spirit. That's Superman symbol, in case you don't know, but it's a very poor version of Superman. That's a Pictionary version of Superman symbol. It's, it's, it's terrible. That's not even a good diamond. Looks like it got squashed. But you got the Superman spirit, the spirit of God, the best, most powerful thing on earth. The spirit of the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. So when you come to him, the Bible says his spirit bears witness with your spirit and you become the sons of God. What happens? Here's what happens, man. This gets good. Before you come to God, you can only live by this. You can't, you can't control it. It's, this is going to run your life because this is weak. It's, it's, it's it dormant. But when you come to Christ, he steps in. He says, excuse me, I'll take your little S and I'm going to give you a big S. So now, my friend, when you're walking with the Holy Spirit in you, now you still have these three components, but now this becomes alive because you're alive in Christ Jesus. That's why we have this thing, we're alive. 
We're, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. What does that mean? Meaning you had a part of you before you came to Christ that was dormant. But now that you're with Christ and the spirit of Christ is in you, this part of you becomes alive according to Romans chapter 8. And now you're the child, you're the sons and daughters of Christ. And now you have got a secret weapon in your life called the Superman S. You've got Superman in you because you've got Christ in you. So now, whatever is happening in your body, you have the ability not only to combat it, but you have the ability now to win the war every day. So now what used to be a highway towards destruction, a highway towards eternal damnation, Christ steps in and now the Spirit begins to work in you and the spirit begins to come alive. And now your soul begins to pull. Now, here's the problem. You've got to continue to feed this. You've got to continue to walk with him. You've got to continue to have that daily water, that living water every day, right? Because we know whichever side of these you feed is the side that's going to become stronger. But as you begin to let the spirit of God work in your life, you let the spirit of God grow you and, and nurture you and, 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 and strengthen you. Guess what? The more you do that, the weaker this gets, the stronger this gets. So this is not just simply when we get these five scriptures we started off with that talk about body, soul, and spirit. It's not just simply, well, these are just three components. It's telling you, here's the breakdown of how you're, you work inside. This is how your engine works. You've got a soul. That soul is going to spend eternity one way or the other. There is an eternal destination for your soul. How do you choose what that eternal destination is going to be? It determines by which circle it wins out. Not on Sundays. But what circle wins out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because you know what? There are going to be days where this circle is huge. Right? There are going to be days you get up and you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to, because of whatever is happening in your life, you got this right. You got soul in the middle. Let's put soul back in the middle. There are going to be days where this thing over here, your body feels huge. And this one over here feels small and guess what man you're not only going to be pulled you're going to be drugged in that direction you have you're going that's how you end up doing stuff you're going how did i even do that how did i get myself into this situation how did i become this person it's simple this was this ran your life this became huge so you had no choice you were pulled that direction but guess what through letting Jesus Christ run your life by allowing him to forgive you, by allowing him to empower you, by allowing his grace to work in you, guess what happens? Day by day, little by little, if you allow him to work in your life, you still have soul in the middle. But if you allow this becomes smaller and this begins to grow. That's why when we are becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ, again, discipleship is not a buzzword. It's not a cute word. Oh, I'm a, I'm a disciple. No, no, no. What does that mean to be a disciple? It means I'm desiring every day to let Jesus Christ run my life. I'm desiring every day to become more and more like him in everything that I do. Meaning I want this side to be the side. I want this side to grow. I want this side to be nourished and expanded through his word, through prayer, through worship, through walking with him, through connection with him. This side over here needs to grow. Because whatever side is the largest will determine really what's happening here. So if you're struggling today, if you're frustrated, if you feel like right now, you know, you just don't feel connected to Jesus like you want to, which side is in charge. Are you running? See, here's the problem. And I'll finish with this. I'm almost done. But if you look at this real quick right here. Sorry, my uh, I need to get a, I need to upgrade and get a uh, an easel. But uh, uh, that's for another day. So you have over here, right? And you've got body. And you've got big S now because you have the spirit of God in you. You got the big S. Not you've traded up. You've upgraded. 
You went from the lower model, you upgraded to the new model, the big S, right? Now you've upgraded. You got, you got big S living in you because you got the Holy Spirit living in you. Here's the problem. This is the cool part. The Spirit of God comes with some add-ons. Not only is it an upgrade, but buddy, but you get actual upgraded add-ons. Because guess what? When he comes, he gives you what? He gives you these things. Righteousness. Peace. And joy. So not only do you get an upgrade, but you get some added benefits. But over here, Mr. Body, Mr. Body only has really one thing that kind of helps it. And those are your emotions. Emotions. Guess what happens in our emotions? Fear. Worry. Uh, doubt. Shame. I could go on. The list could go on. So all of these over here is more. This is just this is not an exhaustive list. This is just the four that could come up with and fit on the board. All these are running through your your body, your emotions. Over here, the big S you upgraded to because when you got the Holy Spirit, Paul says you upgraded from your little S to your big S. No longer is it you. He is because you're you're a child of God. So it comes with some add-ons. Righteousness, peace, joy. I'll put the other one in there because this, this is a huge one. Because the Bible says we live by the Son of God's faith or faith in the Son of God or the Son of God's faith. So we not only have that, but we have a we have a supernatural faith that flows through us. Guess what? Now our soul is pulled. In two different directions. Because God has the antidote to balance out everything that you face in your life. Fear, I'll throw some faith in there. Doubt, I'll throw some faith in there. Worry, I'll give you some peace. Shame, I'll give you righteousness. Sorrow, I'll give you joy. So now you can't just say, well, it's just too hard. I got all this stuff to fight with. No, no, no. When you upgrade to the big S, he goes, I'm not only upgrading your package, but I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you the, the, right, the antidote. The antidote for every venom that the adversary and flesh want to throw at you. So you can no longer say, well, it's just the way it is, and I'm just the way it is, and I'm just a depressed person, or I'm just a fearful person, or I'm just a worrier, or I'm just a doubter. That's who I am. No, no, no. If you are a child of God, an heir according to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, then you have every antidote available to you that allows you to combat everything that your emotions can throw at you that will determine. So guess what? Not only is there a tug of war in you based off your own pleasure, your own desires, what feels good to you. Well, I don't like that because it doesn't feel good. Most of us, if we have to choose pleasure or pain, we're going to choose pleasure. But then we add all these other components, fear, Worry, doubt, shame. I mean, I could go, the list could go on forever. These are more things that want to pull us in this direction. But thanks be unto God that give us the, give us, gives us the victory. He gives us righteousness, peace, joy, faith, contentment, hope, strength. Over here. Because the Bible says he knows our frame, that we're just dust. He understands the frailty of this. He doesn't sit up there going, these peons, how can they can't get it right? What is going on with them? He goes, you know what? I know they're going to battle fear, so I'm going to give peace. I know they're going to battle shame. My goodness, shame, just it's like a part of the human experience. So I'm going to give them my righteousness. I know they're going to deal with worry. So I'm going to give them joy. I know they're going to deal with doubt. So I'm going to give them faith. I'm going to build in every antidote you need to navigate this life. So you know what? Today I say this with love. Please don't get offended. You can't say today that you're a victim. If you have the big S, if you've upgraded, if you're now living with Superman in you, guess what? You're no longer a victim. You're to be a victor. 
But guess what? If all you want to do is run your life by this, that's why this Bible says to the carnal mind, man, there's so much here I, I want to unpack, but Lord, help me just to do what you want me to do. I could talk about this for hours. That's why the Bible says to the carnal mind, the things of the spirit are foolish. If you run everything through your 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 this circle, if you run everything by your carnal mind, what, what makes sense to you, guess what? Your soul is always going to be going in that direction. You're always going to be pulled. Because over here, God doesn't make sense. His ways above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Sometimes what Superman did did not make sense to everybody around him. Because God's ways are above our ways. And ultimately it comes down to this. It really... It really... This is just not just semantics today. This is not have your best life now. This is an eternal struggle. This is more than just, well, how do you feel today? Do you feel good? You want to walk around just with wonderful love and, and, and a cloud of, you know, cloud and a harp and, and halos. No, 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 no. This war that we're talking about here is actually an eternal war. Because you know what? That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Meaning what's winning the battle today is really happening here. Today is the day of salvation. So you know what? If you want to know today is the day of salvation, what does that mean? Meaning, which side of this is going to win today? Am I going to let fear, shame, worry, doubt, unbelief, the world's pressure, the world's expectation drive me? Or am I going to let the Superman spirit that's in me that God gave the big ass run my life? And when I win that war today because he wins it through me, greater is he that is in me than he's in the world, guess what? Today is the day of salvation. It's more than just, today's the day of salvation because you've got to go to church. Today's the day of salvation because, are you holy? No, all that's baloney. Today's the day of salvation because which side is winning the war? That's why Paul talks about there's a war in me every day. And i got to be honest with you, sometimes Joel Wright gets hammered and I lose. But you know what's beautiful about that? i got a heavenly father that I go today and say, Father, I lost the battle today. I ran my life through fear, worry, pleasure. I did what I felt good. Even when I knew it wasn't the right thing, I did it. Father, I need your grace today. I need your mercy. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me. And you know what God does? You know what that does? If you look at it this way, and I'm, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Man, I may have to come back and do this later. This is too much fun. You know what happens? So look at it this way. One more, one more little drawing here. I'm almost done. Ooh, it's 10:13. Over here, you got big S. Over here, you got body, and you have your soul in the middle, right? And it's got strings attached, pulling it. So guess what happens today? Man, you just, you just, you, you, you just laid, you, you laid a big goose egg. It was just rough. You had fear, worry, doubt, you pleasure. Bad thoughts, bad actions, bad words. You just, you tanked it. And guess what? By the end of the day, by the time you get to the day, your soul has been pulled all the way over here. It's so far away from your spirit. What do you do? Father, forgive me. I acknowledge what I have done and I acknowledge what I didn't do. Forgive me for every word, every action, every deed. Wash me, cleanse me, Father. Let your blood wash over me. However you choose to pray. Guess what he does? He goes, I got you covered. Reset. Let's reset. So tomorrow I wake up. That's why David said every morning I get up new mercies. Because in the morning when I get up, I get to go, I get to do this over again. And I know yesterday was a train wreck. But thanks be unto God that gives me the victory. Because today I'm winning this. And you say, God, here's my day. God, you're the king of my life. God, order my steps today. And by the time you get to that, guess what? Ooh, boy. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the end of that day, guess what? Oh, man, it's all the way over here. Snug up against your spirit. And you're winning the battle. And guess what? It wins there for a while, but after a while, that gets pulled a little bit. you got to find your way back. But guess what? When you learn to live like this, and you know what? Mm, I'm going to say this. This is new. This, 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 you, I'll have to come back and correct if it's wrong, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know what I'm going to call this connection right here? Where soul and spirit connect? I'm going to call this place right here 
discipleship where soul and spirit connect every day and walk, that's what we call discipleship. Discipleship is about, about how much scripture you can read and how much word you know and how much you know of Jesus Christ and can you quote this. And Discipleship is when you can have soul and spirit connected every day. You still have a body. You can't sever this. You're not, that doesn't get severed until death. But every day you can live in this connection right here. This place of connection. This discipleship. That's what a disciple is. This is what a disciple is. A disciple is that person who can live with that connection every day. I'm not going to do it perfect, neither are you. That's why he gave us his blood, his grace, and his mercy. But if I can live like that, where I can get my, his spirit, big S, connected to my soul every day, that I'm running my life with this connection. And I know I have my body. It's still there. I ain't going anywhere. Sorry. You can pray all you want. You can fast all you want. You're still going to have flesh. Sorry. The only time this is going to get connected is when you die. So, and if you're breathing, uh, this thing is still connected. But if you want to be a disciple, you got to walk over here. Father, I thank you today. Oh, Lord, you know in my own excitement I could do this for hours, but Lord, I feel like I've said and done ever, whatever you've, you've, you've told me to say and do. So I give all this to you. I can feel the seed of your word. I can feel the spirit of revelation today. I can feel it. I can feel the seed of your word being transmitted today. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus that every word that was spoken would be planted into our hearts today that we could know you and walk with you in a greater way. Father, I give you thanks and I give you glory and I give you honor. I speak right now that this word would bring life to us. Not just revelation, but life. Because your word, when it revealed to us, brings life. So I speak now in the name of Jesus, by your grace, that we'd walk in this. We receive your grace, that we would win the war today. Flesh and spirit at war in us, but God, you have given us your grace to walk in that war, to win that, because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We speak all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us today. If you are a part of small group, man, there's so much here. Go be a part of small group. Digest this. But not just digest it. Live it. Put in your spirit. Ask God to help you. If you if the, if this whole week has been a big B, let's get back on track. Let's let God help us. Win the war today. Win the war tomorrow. And let God shape you to become his disciple. In Jesus' name. Until next time, God bless you. We'll see you again.